Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience. Today, you are joining us for another episode, and this episode is going to be all about Daybreak once again, but this time, it's not speculation. This time, we've actually had Daybreak released, and we've actually done some playing of it. I've actually done about 18 hours streaming of it. I think I you know, have my feet wet on it, and I think I have a good handle on how it is. But that being said, we do have a guest on here with us today. It's a guest you're already familiar with, and he was on episode number 26. He talked some facility mods with us. We do have YouTuber Mars Leva back. How are you, Mars? Hey, welcome back, guys. Yeah, awesome to be here with you again, Blaze. Yeah, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you back. I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And Maris and I did play some Daybreak together. We played on Wednesday. We're going to actually play some more together right after this podcast is recorded. So we had a lot of fun together, but unfortunately, we didn't win when we played. But we're, we're going to try and do that today. Yeah, we are going for the aim today. So next podcast, definitely, I think Blaze will be starting with, Hey, guys, I'm winning. We are winning. Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We both have one, just not together yet. I know you won solo, and I won um, with duos, and I won with four players. So I haven't won solo or with three players yet. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to doing it together. Exactly. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. But today we're getting into some tips for multiplayer. I know you haven't played, you know, as much multiplayer, but um, I'm sure you can still, you know, offer your tips on that. I'd listen to your YouTube video, which... That link will be in the description, and you guys should definitely check out that YouTube video. It's a great video on Daybreak, but I think we have some great tips to offer about multiplayer. Yeah, for sure. We are ready to bring them on, right? Definitely. <laughs> so we will get right into those. But before we do that, just do you have any first impressions on Daybreak? You know, did you love the mode? You know, did you hate it? Did you uh, kind of like it? How did you feel about it? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm just jumping right ahead. Uh, Daybreak is... I'd say amazing. I'm I'm always skeptical. Just keep in mind, I, if I'm saying it's it's kind of good, it means like it's awesome, uh, because I, I'm the real skeptic skeptic guy. So right, <laughs> <laughs> I still have some reserves, and of course there are some minor bugs that a little bit uh, get you frustrated time to time. But overall, it's it's great addition to the game. That's yes, it's awesome because it's separate. I'd say it's good that it's not a content in the same game which. Everyone already plays for hours and hours, but it's separate. It's something totally new and fresh. I agree, and I actually love Ray Break. I mean, I've literally played it for almost 24 hours already, and it's only been out for like 48 hours. So I've literally played it about half the time it's been out. So that's that says a lot. <laughs> that's crazy, and I, I'm a little bit jealous because I had no chance, but awesome. Well, the only reason I had the chance is because I took extra time off work just to be able to play Daybreak. So that's the only reason I had the chance. <laughs> lucky you, lucky you. Once I'm back at work, though, I'm unfortunately going to be able to play less, but that's going to be sad for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Decay Fest has been going all week. How have you think uh, Decay Fest has been going? Oh, this is crazy, yes. And, and the coverage, the creators, all the community together, which, well... Thanks to you, it's created. Uh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm just a part of it, and I already, I'm, a, I am excited when I only see other streamers like going for the win, and I, I'm, I'm feeling like a little child in the sweet shop. <laughs> this is amazing. 
no, I, I think it's been a great event so far. And I've had a lot of fun with it. And I'm really glad, you know, people like yourself are actually into the event. And, you know, you wanted to join up and collaborate like this. So thank you to everyone that actually participated in Daybreak and Decay Fest. Um, it was a lot of fun to, you know, have all of you in here with me participating in Decay Fest. And I'm definitely looking forward to organizing more events in the future. And I want to give a special thanks to Undead Labs, too. It really means a lot that all of you supported us in this way and that you made this game. So, you know, this whole event was basically a big giant thank you to Undead Labs. So thank you all of you. And we really appreciate everything you do for sure. Yeah, that's thanks for this addition because without awesome developers, without new DLCs being released, this never happened. So yeah, thank you Undead Labs. Exactly. But honestly, Daybreak is amazing. I only have a couple of small tweaks, which I won't mention in this podcast. It'll probably be a different podcast, but there's only a couple of small tweaks I would make to improve it. But overall, it has almost no flaws, I would say. So I, I think it's an amazing mode, and I really love it. But that being said, I, I think we can get into some multiplayer tips. How about you? Yeah, sure. I'm bring them on. I see already we have some knowledge yeah. to share. So, yes. <laughs> So I didn't rank these tips. I normally rank tips, but this time I didn't rank them. I'm just going to give you guys 20 tips that aren't ranked technically. But one of the most important ones, I think, is it, it sounds kind of obvious, but as obvious as it sounds, you have to say it because it's so important. Like you have to communicate with your teammates. I mean, if you don't communicate with your teammates, then you you just probably won't win. I mean... I'd be hard-pressed to find a team that won't communicate and still wins. Like, you'd have to... I don't know even how you do that. I mean, you have to communicate. You have to, like, oh, hey, Maris, the wall's down. Or, hey, Maris, you know, I need help over here. Like, you have to communicate with each other. Yeah, this is a great tip. And actually, as, as you mentioned, it's... Um, as we are speaking about multiplayer, we are speaking, like, two players or actually four players. And it's, it's harder than it sounds because there are four people that uh, you need four people want to pass information and receive information and there's just one channel so expect some uh, overlapping and not heard and uh, everyone speaking at the same time it's it's a bit harder i think than, than it sounds it is for sure and i almost think duos is a little bit easier because with duos you don't have as much uh in zombies first of all but not only that, you only have one person to communicate with, so you know, okay, this is my area, I have to take care of this area, and if my partner needs help, I just go help my partner. But, I mean, if you only have two people, then it's you have to cover more and you know more is on yourself. And that's kind of the same thing with solo, too. With solo, you know it's all on you, so you don't have to rely on anyone else. But with multiplayer, you know, if you get to four players, then sometimes it's a little bit harder because you don't really have know what you're doing. I mean, like, say if you have four players not everyone's going to know their spot sometimes. You really have to communicate and make sure everyone knows what their role is and where to be at all times. Exactly. And I just, just to throw in even more information about this one point only, um, both, uh, both extremes are not kind of good in the, in the same um, sense. Uh, by that, I mean uh, speaking too much and taking all the channels so others can pass the information or speaking too little, like not passing the crucial information. So some, some middle ground would be necessarily here for this uh, communication. Right, I agree with that. And like you said, speaking too little, that can be a really bad thing too, because 
I've had some people um, over the week that I play with in Daybreak and they barely communicated and like they die or something and I didn't even know they were hurt. I'm like, uh, you died? Like, you got to tell me this. Like, you got to tell me I need help. Like, if you I, tell me you need help, I'll go help you. Like, I can help you out right right away. Like, like speaking about myself because I remember um, I had Juggernaut when we were um, playing and Juggernaut is hitting and I'm trying. I'm really trying and, you know, in all that situation, you just forget to mention that there's a situation, guys. And when you are down <laughs> right. and you're dead, like then it's like everything's re- released, like there's waiting period. And then I mentioned like, guys, I died. And like, yeah, that's a bit too late, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little I bit late. I experience how it is, and <laughs> sorry for that. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> But like Mara said, you don't want to wait till you're already dead to say you're dead. I mean, you want to try and get people over there as soon as possible. Like if you're on the left side and you have two juggernauts rushing at you, let people know, hey, two juggernauts rushing at me. Come help me. You know, that way they actually know to help you. Yeah, yeah. But that's a big one. Um, another tip that's kind of related to that, though, uh, is to try and name locations on the map to better coordinate with teammates. And I'll give a shout out to uh, Kay Sizzle. He's actually the first one that um, brought this to my attention. Basically, on the left side of the map, for example, there's a little uh, Waffle House banner that, you know, was like an old store. There's Waffle Waffle something. I don't think it's technically Waffle House, but it's Waffle something. And on the other side, on the right side, there's a little banner that says like Speedy something. And he called that one Peaks. So basically, if you have locations like that, that you can name out, oh, Hey, um, I need help at Waffle because we we call out Waffle and Peaks a lot. So if we call out, hey, I need help at Waffle, that means I need help on the left side. And that is a good way to do it because if you're facing the opposite direction, you might head to the wrong side. So if you call out locations instead, everyone knows, okay, this is where that location is. So it's really good to name locations. And even if it's not the actual name, I mean, maybe you have like a different name that doesn't make any sense at all for a location. That's fine. As long as everyone that's playing with you knows what that name means, then you can all go to that location if you need to. Yeah, and uh, just keeping in mind, uh, sometimes in stressed situations, uh, which which will be there in this game, uh, people just mix up. And, and there are people who on normal daily basis mix up left to right, right to left. So, <laughs> yes, it's, it's not the best way to go. So naming some specific names is... That's that's awesome tip, actually. Yeah, definitely. Because say you were going out for a drop, Maris, and you were running back the opposite direction. And I told you, hey, I need uh, the left wall repaired. You might think I mean the right side of the map because you're facing the wrong direction. So that's kind of the way, where that helps out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. Especially when, you know, things are getting hectic. You get really confused. It's like, oh, this side. Oh, no, that side. <laughs> so it, it really, you know, makes it better if you actually have named locations. And I think Undead Labs did a great job especially out in the um, field where you get the drops too, to have locations you can kind of point out because there's like little picnic tables, you know, there's like a dead guy on a bench. Like you can call out like, Hey, I'm, I'm by the dead guy on the bench, you know, getting this drop or, you know, whatever you want to call out that way people know exactly where you are. Yeah. Yeah. The, the map is um, not empty. So you can, I, I know always I'm looking there's uh, when I'm running for the drops, I, I don't know how there's no, any other tip related to this, but <laughs> there's a little river in the mini map that you can see, which yeah, is, which is uh, kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, where you can already know that no point of ru- running beyond that because after the river there will there is never a drop, and if you see already the river, then yeah, 
if the drop is there, you will see it. Or if it's not, yeah, you can move along it. Along yeah, there's like a narrow drop, and then there's like a tent underneath that drop that I see. Yeah. But that's another tip we had. Um, another one that's similar to that, but it's not quite the same, is to use different ammo types, which this is the one that uh, Maris and I actually used when we played with uh, Jade and Joe, because there's three different ammo types you can use. There's 7.62 ammo, which goes for your uh, Stormbreaker and RTX Hordebreaker guns. There's shotgun ammo, which is used for the RTX Wolverine. And then there's also Cleo ammo, which is used for any Cleo gun. So it's important, you know, you don't have to use all three different ammo types, maybe, but it's important to have players using at least two of the ammo types. That way you're not wasting all of your ammo at once. Because if you're playing a four-player game and you're all using the same ammo, you're all using up that ammo together. If, you know, I'm playing with Maris and somebody else and Maris is using shotgun ammo, then that means that we're going to have more ammo of each other's ammo because we actually have different ammo we're using. So it's going to help out a lot to have different ammo that we're not always in the same ammo. Yeah, and um, it's it's especially useful if you are only two uh, guys or team, uh, then you have, as, as you mentioned, three types of ammo. So you can, uh, I would suggest that's how I played solo. First two waves are too easy. You can just burn down all shotgun ammo and then switch to the rifle ammo. And then, yeah, this is exactly. This is, no, that makes sense, too. I mean, you might have, you know, wave one, two, and three. Let's um, use up our shotgun ammo and save the Cleo ammo for the better waves or something, which, you know, that might be a good tip, too. I haven't tried that yet, but that's definitely something to consider that you said there. Yeah, I'm just, in my head, I'm already thinking about multiplier and single player tips. I just don't want to mix up it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yes, we. I will be doing single player tips in a future podcast, but this one's you know mainly multiplayer because I haven't played enough single player yet to give great tips on that. I've only played about you know two hours of single player, so I don't have a good enough feel for it to give tips on that yet. Yeah, for sure, and then I think the only only problem with with this not problem but difficulty with the tip is if you have four people, then obviously you will see there's two two players will use the same ammo. And that must be distributed evenly between them. And that's right. a bit tricky. But yeah. It's Which what I'd say is if you have four people, I would say use one person on shotgun, one person on 7.62 ammo, and then two people on Cleo ammo. Because Cleo ammo, you're going to find a lot in the Cleo drops. So I would suggest, you know, using two people on Cleo ammo. That's what I would suggest in that situation. Yeah. Uh, great tip. And, and actually, I just run through uh, the, the drops. And yes, the... Cleo's really often and in, in almost every drop where the shotgun ammo and rifle ammo is but some between some waves actually I remember I tried to look for the rifle ammo and there was none so yeah yeah it's a little bit more rare to find those ammos I mean you can find them but it's not going to come up as often but that's it for that tip um, another tip we have is you know similar to talking with your teammates you have to coordinate where you're going to place certain items. So what I mean by this one is, say, um, when I was playing with P1 Gamer and K Sizzle, for example, we had different locations. We place items that we know where they are. So, for example, on the catwalks that are like, you know, you overwalk onto the uh, front of the area, like you just kind of jump over the wall, basically. On those catwalks, we would usually place first aid kits and bandages. Well, actually, mostly first aid kits, because if you really need health, what you can do is jump up on that catwalk. There's a first aid kit right there, and then you can heal yourself. 
And we usually place bandages by the technician, for example, because if the technician needs to be healed, there's some extra bandages there. Or you might place wall kits, you know, on the ground by the wall. That way you can actually, you know, repair the wall when you need to. So it's important to actually know where your locations are going to be. You don't have to use those locations if you don't want. I mean, you can come up with your own locations that work for you. But I think it's good to actually have locations you're going to place items. That way you don't have to run back to the boxes. Because those boxes in the back, it's going to take you too long to get back to those boxes. And by the time you get back to those boxes and sort through it, you're, you're already going to be dead pretty much. Or your technician is going to be getting hit. Or, you know, your wall is going to go down. So it's important to have locations closer to where you need to be that have the items you need. Yeah, this is awesome tip. And um, I just saw a stream in the stream how it was used and then decided to go for it myself. And it's really useful. But keep in mind, there's one downside with this tip. Uh, as you know, if you um, drop any item on the ground, it appears as a little package. And you don't know what it is until you are right there. So um, Right. As this is multiplayer, there are other people, so you need to um, decide where what to drop. So it's it's not like you are running after the last um, first aid, but you are picking up and it's a wall repair. Like that would be a shame. Right? Yeah, because it does take a little bit of time to pick up an item too. So, like you're saying, you really have to make sure you coordinate with your team and make sure okay. This spot is our first aid kit. Don't place anything else here but first aid kits. That way you know when you go to that spot, you're going to get a first aid kit. Yeah, and I think extra tip. Can I throw more? Right, I can. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, logically. Um, technician is in, in the center. Uh, whenever wall breaks down, all the zombies are coming to the center. And I'm, I'm thinking about juggernauts especially. When they die they are still on the ground and it covers the ground so if you want to place wall repairs or something and inside the base if you place them how to explain at the wall not the wall that can be brought down but uh, left and right side then there is like zero possibility that there any zombies will die on the package so you will it, it's not it's it's not getting covered if you get what i'm trying to explain no you're saying i mean so, yeah, you might want to place, you know, wall kits a little bit farther away from the center just because the center, you know, might go down first in some cases. But it depends what you're playing, what mode and stuff, because I've had a lot of situations like we're not going to talk about solo a lot, but solo, it seems like the farther walls go down first. So it just kind of depends. But um, you have to just judge it based on how you're playing. Yeah, just just the idea. Uh, at the first, I was thinking the same, like dropping near the technician, um, some some bandages would be a great idea and then i realized when everything goes bad and a lot of zombies come in and i throw explosives or something uh all the zombie uh corpses will be on the ground and if there's some somewhere uh underneath the package that i need to find that would be difficult that was the the plan like keep in mind where the zombies uh corpses will drop and especially juggernauts because if the package is underneath the the corpse i'm not quite sure you will easily find it but i think in that situation though if it is only bandages there as long as you pick it up if you hit the button to pick it up then it should pick up a bag of bandages because that's all that's there so you're not sorting through anything you're just trying to pick up a bag so as long as the system can recognize there's still a bag there then you should be okay i think though i'm just thinking help me remember when juggernauts die here uh, the, the area is still blocked as a, in a normal game, or you can go through the juggernaut. 
No, actually, no, I have. I remember one situation that I had a door blocked by a ju- dead juggernaut. So I think I think you can't go through them. Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, that's that's something uh, to look forward because imagine if the <laughs> the like like a, re- a real life zombie apocalypse. You, you drop down something on the ground, and then huge juggernaut just dies over it, <laughs> and you need to, to to get under and and pull it out. But yeah, it's... <laughs> that that yeah, might be, be bad. No, that'd definitely be bad, for sure. <laughs> but beyond that, um, one tip that isn't related to coordination technically is to watch out for bloaters and don't let them too close to the wall because, honestly, in Daybreak, bloaters are going to be the worst thing for you if you let them get you know too far in your face because if a bloater gets too close to the wall, then basically that bloater is going to block that wall where you can't get to it. So a bunch of zombies can go to that wall. You can't get in that bloater gas, so the zombies are just tear that wall down, and you can't do anything about it. So you really want to make sure you keep the bloaters away from the walls, which is easier said than done sometimes. But if you see the bloaters on your mini map, what you can do is use your mini map and go, okay, there's a bloater there. Let me turn around and shoot him real quick. So you want to take out those bloaters as soon as possible. Yeah, this is this tip actually should be at the top because um, we really For sure. realized <laughs> it quite quite soon that bloaters are the problem, and just. I can mention already a few instances where it's bad. Um, if in the bloater cloud afterwards a juggernaut goes down, you can't execute because once you are in the cloud, you are exactly. being interrupted. And the same goes for melee kills. So you have to use uh, ammo to shoot some casual zombies if they are on the at the wall. So there are a lot of problems regarding <laughs> huge um, the, those bloater gas clouds. Yeah, I mean... It might sound counterintuitive, but I would say it's much more important to kill a bloater than a juggernaut because a juggernaut, you know, your instinct is, oh, I have to kill this juggernaut. There's this big guy that's going to take my wall out. The more important thing to do is kill that bloater because if you start hitting that juggernaut and then that bloater comes and explodes on you, then you can't even kill the juggernaut and then you're screwed. You know, you take a lot of damage, you can't kill the juggernaut and then your wall goes down and it it could be game over. So like you want to kill that bloater, that way you can kill the juggernaut in peace. Yeah, just one extra, but that's that's like we are aiming like really high. And I think I used it once or twice where I saw Blotter running towards the wall, but at the wall I had a bunch of zombies. And I had, I knew I had um, this uh, flammable with me. And I used, I let the Blotter near the wall because I knew at the moment I will throw a flammable and that all will explode. And that's the only reason where you can consider uh, letting bloater near it. But there are a lot of uh, things to consider. If you have flammables, if that explosion will not, um, I don't know, uh, hurt other player. If afterwards the juggernaut in the cloud uh, is, is burning. A lot of things to consider if that's still the move to move on. But just mention there is once... Uh, few cases where you can uh, let the blow right and kind of like you say i mean this was first pointed out to me by um undead labs dev jurgen and uh, uh, undead jurgen on discord and basically he pointed out to me that you know the bloater gas can actually be taken away by explosives so you can throw a firebomb and then get rid of that bloater gas so if you have firebombs on you then it's good to use those to get rid of the gas. Yeah, and I think it, it gives uh, extra explosion. Even if you are throwing explosives or something, Right. you have um, the detonation explosion and then the gas plant explosion. So it's kind of powerful, but 
just mentioning again, um, I used just just in the game half an hour ago, uh, the Juggernaut afterwards is burning, and even if you um, do the execution, you will get burned as well. So you will lose quite a lot of um, health yourself. Just <laughs> still a lot of consideration to be done before you do that. Definitely. But moving on, um, another tip is the tech is your priority. You know, so you want to make sure that you sacrifice yourself for him if necessary. Because if this tech dies, it's game over. If you die, you respawn. The tech doesn't respawn. So if you lose the tech, you lose the game. So it's very important that you protect the tech at all costs. You know, if there's a swarm around the tech, then don't worry about the juggernaut. Get the guys out the tech. Yeah, it's just a reminder of actually the DLC that all that you are doing, it's not about zombie kill count, not about saving the wall, not about looting the drop. It's all about this one guy that saves you all. Well, we, we save him more than anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it goes both ways, you know? I mean, come on. Like, this guy, all he does all day is just sit at a computer. You know, we have to do all the work for him. <laughs> true, true. But still, he, he gets the chopper to, to save us all. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know who's paying this guy, but they got to, you know, pay him a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. And a, a special point uh, to, to, for, for this priority, uh, just keep in mind the, the nasty ferals of... If all the walls are um, st still standing and everything, that doesn't mean that your tech guy is safe because one nasty feral can be inside there and already getting your technician. So, yeah. Right. So that's why I would say ferals are probably your top priority to kill because a feral can jump over the wall and kill your tech. So I would say if you hear a feral, then you know your feral is your top priority, bloaters are your second priority, and then juggernauts are your third. Which sounds kind of weird because in the base game, that's probably not the case. You know, in the base game, you know, the bloaters aren't even a thought really. Like it's a oh, bloater, whatever. You know, you just drive by them or something. But in the daybreak mode, ferals are most important to kill and then bloaters, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are speaking about multiplayer. So keep in mind that that's, I think, my extra tip, just again, bonus throwing in your podcast <laughs> is um, <laughs> we had sometimes uh, this, this overlapping that if we see um, that, for example, bloater, then we have, let's say, four people noticed it on a mini-map, and there is no need for four people to shoot at him. There's only one bullet needed. And similarly with um, ferals. If there's feral coming in, of course you want to get it down, but for everyone to switch to this priority target would not be something I would suggest, because there are a lot of other right. zombies, like evenly split, so you're not wasting bullet, because, you know, one shot for Pharaoh, one shot for Bloater is enough. Yeah, and that's a great point you make, and that kind of ties in with our communication point, because if you're communicating properly, you don't have that problem. I mean, if, you know, Mara says, oh, Feral, I'm going to go over the wall and get him, and I'm going to trust Maris to do his job. Like, if Maris says he's got him, then I'm going to assume he has him until he tells me he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's the same going back to communication. And and the same thing, just logically thinking. And I think I, I sometimes did it against my, my advice and I'm giving you now. Um, if you're spread uh, across the wall, all four people, and Feral is coming from one far left, far right side, then I would... I would not go for far end snipe from other other side of the um, map. I I would leave for those two players who are near the 
juggernaut bloater or something and th that's my problem because i like sniping and i constantly were trying and shooting bloaters at the far other end of the map yeah don't do that don't do it like me <laughs> right <laughs> no definitely i i think that's a good point too but i mean kind of like we're saying you know this tech is your priority so make sure you protect that tech and Another point that is very related to that, um, I put as a separate point technically, but is to save your bandages for the tech. You don't want to use the bandages on yourself because the bandages are what the tech uses to heal. So as much as possible, save all your bandages for the tech. I mean, if you really desperately need one, maybe, but I would recommend using a first aid kit on yourself instead of the bandage. So the bandages are for the tech and nothing else for, is, is ever her as your concern. I know that you brought me here like kind of an expert that knows things but i think i'll just say something not really uh, expertish <laughs> <laughs> i noticed once one i'm um, like insanely uh, insane thing that uh, in this daybreak i was um, healing up with bandage which we just said don't do that and i started running immediately after i used it because i had in my uh, in my head like the the health must go up and then I realized if you, after use uh, bandage usage, start running, it's it's it's, in, it's not going ever, anywhere. You just get a little bit health. Like right. you need to stand still or or be yes. calm and, and not take any heat. Like it's actually really really bad health option for for the daybreak itself because zombies are coming. That's, that's, so it's not even as a suggestion to save for technician. For yourself, it's it's better go for first aids or just get knocked down or die already. Like, <laughs> oh, we're getting there next. So we're <laughs> <laughs> jumping a little bit ahead, but yeah, it's it's yeah. Say say don't use even if you think it's a good idea. It's probably not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and if you ever desperately had to use a bandage on yourself, I mean, the best way to do it is to jump over the wall and use it while you're safe and then jump back over the wall. That's the best way to do it if you had to. Yeah, it sounds like safe position and, and it just takes a lot of time getting over the wall and healing, waiting for health to go up and go down. It's again, like, not, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> well, that's how it comes into communication, though. I mean, like, what you? I wouldn't recommend using the walls that you go all the way over the wall. I'd recommend the walls that have the catwalks. So what I did with my teammates when I was playing multiplayer is we'd say, okay, I really need to heal. I'm jumping over the wall real quick. You jump up on the catwalk, you heal. Your teammates cover the spot you're at, and then you jump back down, and then they go back to where they were. So as long as you work with your team, it can work out really well. Yeah, and actually you mentioned, um, I'm just checking. I think I can throw one small tip from... One of my tips and tricks videos from casual game is when you are up on the catwalk and you want to go down, if you just simply run uh, towards the wall, um, you, you are doing this um, climbing down animation, which is so frustrating. <laughs> and there is a way how to avoid it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just right before the wall, you need to do a dodge animation. And then the... the you're doing this dodge and it's on the edge and you just jump down straight away from this catwalk. It's it's way faster, way easier, and saves uh, saves a couple of seconds. Exactly, okay. and those seconds are precious too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, like we said, save those bandages. So, 
But as Morris alluded to, he kind of jumped a little bit ahead, which is fine. But um, he was talking about, you know, where dying can be advantageous to you in the right context. So, you know, if you're really low on health, it's better, in, especially in the early rounds, to save your first aid kits for the later rounds. So what you want to do instead is, it sounds weird to say it, but you actually want to get knocked down and then stand up or die. Because if you get knocked down, and Morris is actually the first person that pointed this out to me. When we played a multiplayer, he's the first person that noticed this. But if you get knocked down and then you stand up, you actually get some or all of your health back, which is amazing. Yeah, it's it's not like great tip, like, yeah, die in the game. But <laughs> but um, if you are low on health and, and the, the, the wave is going through and I don't know if you spend all the health of the, the, the first aid kits, then I think when you get up from the being knocked down, you have half of the health bar back. And sometimes there are injuries applied. That's, that's of course not great. But if you do full dying, so you get knocked down and after the zombies just keep beating you or you stay in the glass ca- uh, gas cloud then after the spawn which is the don't waiting period and and of course then your your teammates are struggling because there's no one player but you come back with full health uh with equipment uh, with all the injuries gone with all the infection cured miraculously and yeah <laughs> Right, exactly. And again, you know, this is all in context of you have to communicate with your team, which that's why that's the first point I made, because pretty much everything we're saying, this has to be under the context that you're communicating with your team. You know, this does not work if you're not going to tell somebody you're doing that, because if Maris decides, oh, I'm just going to die and he doesn't say anything to me, then I'm going to be like, uh, what's going on? Like your whole wall is down. What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially if you try to do full dying. And you are get, uh, knocked down, and then then your teammates are running towards you and saving you. You didn't want to be saved, and there's a again communication with your team. Just point right, point. exactly. So because if you get knocked down and your teammate can handle it, you know, say there's you know four of you and somebody can cover your spot. If you're purposely trying to die, that way you can get your health back. Then your teammate can cover that spot for you. Then when you come back, you can resume your spot. So it's all about communicating with your team. But, you know, we're not saying, like, go die on purpose. But in some situations, it can help you if you die or get knocked down. I would say get knocked down more often than die because that 13 seconds, you don't know what's going to happen that 13 seconds. But getting knocked down is very useful because if you have no health at all, it's almost better to just let a zombie eat you for a second, get knocked down, and then get back up and have a little bit of health to play with. Yeah, and um, just... Throwing in uh, so some thoughts, don't do that on the let's say last two, three waves because then your team definitely needs your help. And another, don't try being knocked down and get up while there is a juggernaut because uh, when you're knocked down, juggernaut just picks you up and tears you apart and you, you <laughs> yes, will go exactly. full, di- full dying. And then <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you did bring this up actually, which is our next point. Um, you know, you talked about don't try this in the late waves, which that's why the next point is save your first aid kits for your team, but use them wisely. Because this whole knockdown thing we're talking about, this is something you want to use in the early waves. This is not something you want to use in the late waves. So if you do this right, then the first three or four rounds, you're not using any health. You know, you're only getting knocked down to get your health back, things like that. 
and then ways five, six, and seven, you have all your first aid kits for ways five, six, and seven. And that's the way to do this. That way you have plenty of first aid kits for those final ways. What you don't want to do is use all your first aid kits and then you get to like wave six, you have nothing left. Yeah, and this is really crucial part to again communicate with your team. Uh, so you are not running in the situation when you are doing some knockdowns or, and trying to, to save some um, first aids and then you are, your team is at the five or sixth wave and you at this point like you have some injuries and everything and you need some first aid and Yes, there's done because your teammates used all the all the first aids and first two waves, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, and that's when you yell at your team and go, "Why? Why did you do this to me?" Yeah, and just just uh, a reminder to, uh, for the previous point about being knocked down or, or getting killed. Uh, there is achievement. If if just remember, if you're going for the achievement, no one is dying. Try not to die. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I haven't actually gotten that achievement yet. I want to get that one, so I'll have to try and get that one afterwards. Maybe we can get it after this podcast. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Let's give it a shot after this. <laughs> <laughs> but another tip, though, is to watch your stamina and make sure you have enough stamina boost with you. And this is something that I noticed in your video as well. You said this in your video, and it's very important to keep an eye on your stamina because as Mara said in his YouTube video, which I'll post in the links, you know, you really want to watch your stamina because it takes a while to come back in this mode. So in the base game, it doesn't take as long, but you're carrying so much stuff and, you know, you're using stamina so fast in this mode that if you have to refill your stamina by just standing there, it takes a while to do that. Yeah, but like actually at this point, I'm just now looking at it like this is so important. Now I want this one is most important. <laughs> and uh, yeah I just partially repeat the same but um, hitting and executing and all that uh, any melee and, and dodging takes um, some part of stamina because those those um, there are some awesome trades given for, for daybreak what what are those army guys called red talent people yeah Exactly. Yeah, contracts, yep. uh, they have awesome trades that saves and, and stamina and everything, but it's it, it only works when you have stamina. When it drops like and you need to replen uh, replenish it, it takes there is extra delay added. And this delay I, I, I can't stress enough. It's almost as bad as you need to get over the wall, wait for it if there are a lot of zombies, because you can't dodge without stamina. You can't avoid without stamina. You, there's a lot of... Um, right. You actually... Uh, you, you just... Whenever you try to do something, you interrupt this uh, stamina coming back again. And I actually did it so badly at the first tries. I would suggest to try it out how it is. Then you understand how, how, how big this delay is to do. Yeah, I never experienced it. Yeah, because even in your video, I noticed one point that... Um, you had no stamina left. There was a juggernaut down outside the wall, and you had to wait for a second before you killed him. And that's the situations that it really makes a difference because, you know, it could have happened where it didn't happen in your video, but it could have happened where that juggernaut got up because you didn't have enough stamina to kill him. You know, luckily you got it back in time to kill him, but it could have happened where you didn't, and then he gets back up. So you really want to make sure you have stamina. Yeah, it's it's really bad. And I'm just now looking on the same the same tip. Like um, where you mentioned stamina boosts, I think they are quite 
small amount of them. It's it's not like you four people yeah, it, you can use much. them up. It's, and in the drops there are some, but still, I would save them up for some really bad situations. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's everyone spawns in with three bags of snacks, and then after that, sometimes in the Cleo drops you find bags of snacks or you find um, stimulants, but they're pretty rare. I mean. I would say out of every bag you open, you know, it's probably like maybe you have to open four bags to get one one drop of it. You know what I mean? So it, it's very rare to get them. Yeah. So I would say like playing Daybreak, you're probably you start with, you know, say it's a four player team. You start with three bags of snacks each over the course of the seven ways. You're probably going to find maybe five more stacks of that out of the entire thing. So that's not much for an entire team. Yeah. So make sure you watch that and make sure you use those wisely. Yeah, I can just agree. I'm, I'm, I'm totally in. I, I'm not a big fan of, of of any snacks in the casual game, but even in here, I just keep one the, the same uh, snacks uh, stock I have from the beginning, just for for when everything goes bad. I would suggest exactly. for everyone to keep at least one, and then spread the rest uh, for the most active players. And also it goes without saying, but try not to waste them. I mean it. It does happen. You know, I've had situations. Oh shoot! I wasted a bag of snacks on accident. Like, try not to do that. But <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, another tip. I'm just. I need to read all through, so I'm not jumping like again for the next tips. But uh, I saw it um, actually. Mister Dart plays, and he mentions it. Uh, one thing: how you can save kind of stamina is mix up ranged weapon and melee weapon. Because uh, when you hit zombie and afterwards just uh, aim somewhere and shoot two zombies in the head. Meanwhile, when you are aiming, your stamina grows back a little bit. And if you keep mixing up, uh, you'll actually have some pretty decent uh, killing uh, chances and, and, and not uh, drain all your stamina. And that's honestly a great tip. And I, I think Mr. Dart found that out because he's been playing a lot of solo. I haven't tried as much solo yet, so... You know, he's definitely the solo expert so far, I would say. He's beat it, like, I think three times solo already, so. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, two, only two, but, but yes. Two? Okay. Close <laughs> he, enough. <laughs> he's a zombie-killing Terminator, for sure. I'm, I already <laughs> nominated uh, him, so, yeah. Right. But, yeah, um, next tip is to don't waste wall repair kits or explosives. These are very valuable for you, so... A lot of situations, I think people are going to, you know, repair walls just and use those wall kits wastefully. What you really want to do is wait for that wall to get very low or all the way down before you repair it. Because if you waste those wall repair kits, then you might get to round seven, which I've actually had before, where you get to round seven, you don't have any wall repair kits left and you have walls down. So if you're starting wave seven with walls down, that is not a good start to the game. Yeah, wall down is never a good sign at any way. But exactly. <laughs> and just, uh, I totally agree about not wasting. And actually, I was the one who suggested to repair only when the wall goes down. And now I'm rethinking. It's it's for solo and for multiplayer uh, alike. When the wall goes down, just keep in mind zombies are running inside the base and. You get when you get interrupted and you try to repair the the wall. The wall is you are getting interrupted, so it's actually way harder to repair it when the wall is totally down. So, right, I I would add like not wasting is like when it's 
almost red this this this, this colorful thing uh, for each wall it's from yellow to red and when it's red it means it's, it's broken so when it's almost red like like totally orange then probably yes that's about the time when you want to yeah i mean it's hard to do basically you want to maximize the use of that wall so like you're saying you know you don't want it to go all the way down but you also don't want to repair it too early so basically you want to repair it when it's like the last second before it goes down then you want to repair it but obviously it's easier said than done so just play around with it you know figure out okay this is the point where it's about to go down let me repair it now i would i would throw in another option and, and uh, tip for this same if you're going and if you decide with the team communicating with them again first point <laughs> uh, that you will repair only when the wall goes down it is possible and it's way easier but then two other at least two other uh team members need to step in front and take all the zombies and by taking i mean not killing it's not necessary but you need to take aggro away you can lure them you can uh, i don't know do whatever it takes so the 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 other team member who repairs the wall don't get interrupted and, and that's yep, the way how exactly. you can do it. Yeah, and if you watch any of the streams I did with uh, P1 and K Sizzle, I mean, this is what we did a lot, where I'd be like, okay, you know, K Sizzle, I'm repairing this wall, make sure you cover me. And he'd stand out front and cover me while I repaired the wall. And that's definitely what you want to do, like you said. So, again, it goes back to that first point, communication. Like, communication, that's why I made it the first point, because I'm not technically ranking these, but if I was, communication would probably be number one, because you have to communicate in this multiple pair mode. Yeah, and just, just a reminder. So, guys, we are in the middle of the tips, and we already went back to the first communication, like, four times. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So that should give you an idea. You know, do not be someone that's joining this, these games silent. Like, make sure you communicate. <laughs> yeah. And we, we didn't talk as much about explosives, but part of that tip was to not waste explosives too. I mean, it should be self-explanatory. If you waste all your explosives early, you're not going to have them for the later rounds. And the later rounds, those explosives really help. Yeah, I would, I would ask you why there's no two separate tips. Okay, I'll, I'll go with the idea. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the explosives, um, two, two points just to add in here is uh, w what we mean by wasting. Uh, wasting is on the first three, four waves, it would be a waste for because they are easy. The, the first waves are easy. And another right. waste would be a throwing a um, grenade with one zombie left. Like, yeah. If you use the explosives, then it's Either when the wall goes down and everything goes bad, either the technician is being attacked by a bunch of zombies, or there's like a lot of zombies and you just, with one grenade, one throwable, can take all of them. That, then go for it. You will save ammo, you will save stamina, you will save time, you will save the wall. Absolutely. And it, it's kind of funny you say that about, you know, I'm not sure why you didn't have these separatists, because... Actually, I did have them as separate tips, but um, that was that would have been 21 tips. So I'm like, I can't have 21 tips. I need to have an even 20 so I can bind them. <laughs> yeah. I, funny as it sounds, it's similar as, as I have for my tips and tips video. I have If I have more in the title, I still mention like round numbers because I like them more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's the only reason I combine them. I'm like, no, 21 doesn't sound good. I need to have 20 tips instead. No, it's, then it's all fine. <laughs> I'm totally with, with you. This is so cool. Yes. <laughs>
But yeah, uh, moving on. Um, this is one thing we've talked about before in the past when talking to each other. I think we mentioned it on the last podcast we talked about, but you want to use single fire guns to save ammo. And so far, I would recommend the blast rifle, which is also what Mr. Dart uses a lot. I think he calls this the elephant gun, but um, the blast rifle is very good because it shoots a couple of projectiles at once and it does a lot of damage. So it's kind of like, you know, it's not quite a sniper rifle, but it's pretty close to sniper rifle and it's, you know, a very good rifle to use. But um, for example, the machine pistol, the machine pistol is one gun I've unlocked and the machine pistol is really cool and I would love to use it in the base game, but in the daybreak mode, the machine pistol wastes so much ammo, and it's not worth your time because it wastes so much of your ammo too fast. Yeah, and uh, one thing just additional to the same point is uh, how to save that ammo when you start the game, and if you choose any any machine gun, any assault rifle, they by default will have full auto. So just just before you start, before any zombies appear, just uh, aim somewhere and switch to single shot. So it's you are not taken by surprise when suddenly your rifle is just going full out. Right, I agree for sure. And I'm just, I'm just looking at the rifle. I think I don't have the rifle unlocked uh, where which the Mr. Dart uses. But I don't think you do. That's one of the later ones. It's pretty yeah, late. But I'm, yeah. I'm using the one which is in the second row with uh, 16 bullets only. And I find it really good. That one is a good one. That's the uh, Clio battle rifle. The battle rifle is a pretty decent yeah. one. And it, it's the shooting uh, speed. I think is a bit faster. It's not as strong as as, as this um, elephant gun, but um, it's quite useful, especially when the when the juggernauts are near. You can aim at head and just as fast as you click, the the rifle shoots, and you can actually take take down juggernaut by just just like that. And it's, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, rifles are good. Uh, save the ammo and aim for head definitely I, I should always be you know aiming for the head but you know it, sometimes in that mode it's kind of hard because like everything's so hectic you can't really aim up your shots but <laughs> yeah true true but another tip we have is to use weapons that only use um, a little bit of stamina or as little stamina as possible so i would recommend the battle axe which um, a lot of you might not have the battle axe right now because the battle axe is the last melee weapon you unlock but once you unlock that, I would recommend only using that the rest of the rest of the time you play Daybreak because the battle axe is so great. It does you know a lot of damage for a little bit of stamina. But for example, the great uh, the great hammer, the great hammer uses a lot of stamina per swing. And in my opinion, the great hammer is not good to use in Daybreak because it just uses so much stamina. And we talked about earlier, you don't want to use much stamina. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking battle. If you mentioned the battle axe are the last melee weapon. Then I can suggest from the first line, it's like first, uh, fourth melee weapon, and I think it's called hand, hand, hand axe. Hand axe, yep. Yeah, that would be mid, if you don't have the last one, obviously. That's the really fast weapon, um, high speed, killing like, like a boss. <laughs> that would be, and you can unlock it quite early, so yes, and it uses really small amount of stamina and, that's yeah, I definitely agree with you, and I'm glad you said that, because if you don't have the Battle Axe, then the one I'd recommend next is the Cleo Hand Axe. So the Hand Axe is the second best one to use, I would say, because it's, like you said, it doesn't use much stamina, and it does a lot of good good job killing things. Yeah, and um, just throwing in one more tip, as um, if, and as in the beginning, you don't have unlocked all those 
elephant guns and everything you can find them in the late wave drops and, and the same uh, hand axe uh, i think can be found in, after the five fifth or sixth wave in the drops so keep an eye for them and and the same goes other way you can find there i think this the same uh, what was the high stamina you using item the gray hammer the gray, gray hammer, hammer yeah at the beginning i actually did this mistake like i found I, i'm just looking this is a new weapon probably it's better it's not always better if you have already hand axe don't change right. don't swap to this great hammer i mean i would recommend trying it out for yourself at least just to see but like if you're going for okay i have to win this time like if you're playing you know very serious at the moment I probably wouldn't try out new things, you know, when you're playing serious. I would probably, you know, try out, okay, oh, I just unlocked this new weapon. Let me try it out, see how I do, and then, you know, move from there. But, I mean, the Great Hammer, you know, if you want to try it out, you know, by all means try it out. But if you're trying to win, then I would say the Great Hammer is not going to help you do that because it's it's very hard to use because it uses a lot of stamina. Yeah, yeah. But we did talk about the Ferals and Juggernauts a little bit earlier, but I have uh, two separate points on those. One of those is to watch for the Ferals and try to take them out early. You know, it sounds kind of obvious, but you want to try and take out these Ferals before they go over the wall. Because if the Feral gets over the wall, it's going to hit your Technician, and you don't want that to happen. So, you know, watch your mini-map. If you hear a Feral, then try to kill that Feral before it gets over the wall. I'm thinking how how, how much um, tips I want to throw in for this one point. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot or a little just give me a tip uh, whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, just quickly because it goes together with previous points as well uh, the same elephant gun as I noticed from uh, Mr. Dart the elephant gun you can shoot feral wherever I think in the in the leg even and it will die from one shot so <laughs> that's why this elephant uh, rifle is good It's you, you don't need to worry about aiming at hands yes. Uh, and it's this Cleo blast rifle. It's not technically called elephant gun. <laughs> Cleo blast rifle. Just so yeah. everyone knows. <laughs> Thanks for the correction. Yes, I'm just <laughs> no problem. I'm just yeah. Elephant gun sounds like you understand. It, the power. Yeah, it, it sounds better. But I mean, like, just so no one's like, oh, I don't have this elephant gun. Where is it? Like, just so they don't think hey, I can't find it. Like, it's a Cleo blast rifle, technically. <laughs> How to unlock my elephant gun? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Th that's one tip. Another tip. What I noticed. Even if uh, zone, uh, if probably you don't have this uh, blast rifle unlocked yet, uh, when ferals are near the wall, uh, do whatever it takes to take at least one shot at the feral. Because the, the um, this this um, AI is quite simple. If you trigger the and if you shot the feral, you will get the aggro. And it's happened so many times with me. That Feral is jumping over the wall, I shoot him in the leg or somewhere, he's still alive, but he's already over the wall, but I aggro it. And, and then the Feral comes back outside, away from the technician, like, who the hell shot at me? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> right. and actually, that's how you save, that's, that's how you save the time running towards the wall, jumping over the wall, and then, yes. Exactly. And, and the last, last one I could add is uh, also... When the feral is inside, just keep in mind that the wall has this um, shooting view. Uh, you can shoot the feral by not jumping inside. So it's, I, I saw how, how Mr. Dad uh, does it. Uh, I did it uh, one time also when I couldn't kill the feral before it. So, yeah, it's just in the range. You can still 
take help. Yeah, no, I would agree for sure. But as I mentioned, Juggernauts as well. Um, the one quick point I had on them is if you are playing multiplayer and say like you have four people, I would recommend double teaming Juggernauts at minimum to take them out early because you shouldn't leave, you know, Juggernaut to one person to do it. I mean, you know, if you're an experienced player, you should be able to take out the Juggernaut by yourself, but it's just better off to have two players take him out together. That way he dies fast and you can move on. Um, and if, I hope you will agree uh, with, with this. Uh, taking out Juggernaut, it's... Uh, it's a bit more complicated than uh, than it sounds uh, because of simple reason. The juggernauts are not coming uh, single zombie. There are small zombies around, and if one exactly. person is taking yep. out the juggernaut, it doesn't mean you both need to hit juggernaut, but at least take the zombies off from the one who's killing the juggernaut. Right. It's still team effort, and 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 you're still technically killing little zombies, but you are helping to kill the juggernauts. Right? Am I right? No, I definitely agree with that. Like, you know, say Maris and I are going to take out a Juggernaut together. You know, Maris might actually hit the Juggernaut. And what I would do instead is try and keep the other zombies off Maris. That way he can kill the Juggernaut. Yeah, and team effort. And we, finally, when the, there's no small zombies around, then one is shooting, another might take melee or something. But yeah, it's, it's team effort. And, and yeah, by the two people, it's way easier to, to take them out. Absolutely. I would definitely agree. I mean, I've even, you know, we... I don't recommend this per se, but sometimes we even use three people to do it. But if you use three people to do it in a four player game, then you're basically leaving one spot unprotected mostly. I mean, you know, one guy might not be able to handle the rest of the map. So I would recommend trying to do it with two people. But Yeah, and just keep in mind when you are playing uh, four people or even three people, uh, the juggernauts, I think, mostly come in the pairs. It's not like one juggernaut. If you are killing one, probably there's another on the other side of the wall other side of the map so <laughs> it's not like everyone is helping and focusing right yeah it's another reason why not maybe switch exactly. and, and run to the one side that's probably another other side of the map no definitely but another tip we have is to send two people out for drops at least and then have one person heal the tech and uh, fix the walls so if you're playing with three players or four players then you can send two players out to get the drops and then one player goes back behind the wall and they heal the technician if they need to. They fix the walls. That way you're preparing for the next round. And when the next round starts, everything's all prepared. Yeah, this is awesome tip. And I'd say, I'm thinking I probably would suggest to do it even with two people running for drops if you're only two people playing. Because keep in mind, since the beginning, uh, since the start of the match, uh, everything you have and in the box, uh, if you're not getting the, the drops, that's it. You, you run out of the um, repair kits, you run out of the um, first aids, ammo. The only thing how to get is buy those drops. So those drops are quite essential for for gathering uh, the same explosives, the same weapons, the same ammo for the last, last uh, waves. You will never ever win this game if you're not getting the drops. That's I think it's simple as that. But at the same time, you're not going to win the game if your technician has no health. So, you know, it's important to t take care of that stuff, too. Yeah, it's, I think it's manageable to, to run by the drops, take at least one drop, and then still run back and, and heal the, the wall and technician. Like, it's, it's, there are two minute breaks in between. So, I would still aim for getting drops, 
and of course uh, here with the commission. Yeah, I mean, if you are playing with two people, like you said, what I would suggest is what Mr. Stainless and I did. You know, we had never played duos yet. We played duos one time together, and we won that one time. And what we did is <laughs> we sent one of us out for drops, and one of us repaired the walls, and then we went out for drops after that. So there's enough time in there that, like, say I'm the person repairing the walls, I can repair the walls and then go out for the close drops, and Mr. Stainless can go out for the long drops. So the person that's repairing the walls, they should get the drops that are close. The person that's not repairing walls, they should go out farther in the field. Yeah, actually, that, that also might work. It, it all depends if the technician needs uh, health and if and how many walls are needs to be repaired. So it, it also right. might be considered. So yeah, be flexible. <laughs> but related to this, though, is a great tip that I found um, when playing with some of the people from Decay Fest is to empty your inventory on the ground in the area that you're going before you drop. So basically what I mean by this is, like, say I'm covering the right side of the map. I want to empty all of my inventory, you know, right on the floor and then go out for the drops because then I have empty inventory. I can grab all the stuff from the drops. I can come back and sort that stuff out. And then what you do before the game starts, you go back out front, you pick up the stuff that you want to use, and then it's all there for you. I'm... I'm... I... I don't know what to say here. <laughs> because what I have in my mind is a bit a bit opposite, probably. Uh, just from my own experience in multiplayer and in single player. What, how I did is uh, the drop, uh, the boxes inside the, uh, the base, <clears throat> they're like a few seconds away from the wall. And even if the wave, the last zombies are still there, like one, two, three, you just leave them if you are the runner for the drops, and I I always run back to the uh, this this box for few reasons as we previously already acknowledged. Um, picking up from the ground, you don't know what you are picking up unless you are right next to the package, and it takes extra time. So it's a bit wasteful to not run back uh, to the box and place items in the box. And in all my playthroughs, I managed to. Take extra time, run to the box, throw all the stuff in your, um, all, clear out your inventory, and then still run for the boxes. So it might be useful on the ground, as you just mentioned, and what this tip is about. <clears throat> I'm just saying there is a way, and, and you can manage to run back to the box and place everything in box and run for the drops. I mean, in my opinion, I just think you're never going to have enough time to do that because if I have my inventory, I'm running back behind the wall, dropping in the box. If I have to go out to get the Clio drops, then go back to the box again, sort through it, get the stuff I need. That's a lot of time you're taking. Like if I'm if I'm standing out front of the wall, all I have to do is drop all my stuff on the ground, go get the drop, bring the drop to the back of the box and then get my stuff again. So to me, it's a lot easier to do it that way because all the stuff you want is already on the ground for you. You already know what you're picking up. It's not like you're guessing what you're picking up. You already know this is the stuff I'm picking up that I had before. This is the stuff I want. Yeah, that, that is actually an excellent point. When and if you're on the ground throwing your items, you know what you're doing. That's, that's a good point. And still, if you you have uh, some, you need some time to pick them up, it's one thing. And if I may paint, uh, just point out... Um, Blaze is gaming on Xbox, and yes. there might be more difficult to do all these transaction boxes and everything. 
I'm playing on that, PC. That's probably true, yeah. yeah I, and, honestly, that's probably true. And I'm playing on PC, and I just say once again, in all waves, single and every, and all those five hours, I always run back to the box, always placed, always gathered the drops, then come back, sometimes even went out on second time drops, because there's in the drops there are more than just one inventory slot, came back, and then picked up my items and went back on off on the, on the way. It's manageable, but trust me, it's it's not easy. Like I'm not just walking around. You must pay attention to stamina, to inventory, to slots, where to drop, what to drop. Yeah. No, you definitely make a good point there. And because you are playing on PC, it's probably a lot faster for you to sort through those boxes than it is for me on Xbox. Because for me, sorting through those boxes, it's going to take me too much time. That it's not worth it for me to do it. Yeah. So. Actually, there are two tips then for both platforms. Yeah, How exactly. To use. <laughs> awesome. You're welcome, guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we only have a couple tips left. Um, one of those is to stay out front of the wall with everyone, whether that's two, three, or four people. And this is something that when Maris and I played together for the first time, we actually didn't realize this until later. But we had a plan where like someone was always behind the wall, you know, things like that. It's actually easier if you just have everyone outside the wall. You make sure nothing touches the walls because those walls are important to keep safe. So it's actually better if you have your entire team outside the walls, take care of the stuff outside the walls, and then go back behind the wall if you need to. It's actually, I'm, I'm glad that you bring this point in here because, yeah, we had strategy because we prepared um by watching the demos but yeah i was i was thinking exact same thing after our, our um, streams and yeah at some point and i can give i can just throw a little bit more um if you are four people outside keep in mind the zombies are kind of at the first running towards the technician then realizing there's a wall but if they see a person in, in front of all they are going for the the person like the players which means this the wall is quite safe and they are not actually touching the wall if they see the players outside. Exactly. So if you stand behind the wall, they're all going to go for the walls and take your walls down. So it's better for you to stay outside the wall and protect those walls. Yeah. And uh, just extra, extra to take their attention, uh, it's, it's from the solo, but there's no difference by playing the multiplayer. Um, when the zombies are coming, they're coming from, let's say, all directions. And you can catch their attention by just shooting at them. You don't need... You can miss, but if you shoot at them... There were so many occasions, they are just running toward the wall. And if you are standing like like a bit further away, just shoot at that side. They will hear the sound and still try to attack you. And that's how you can uh, save your um, team members. If they are overswarmed or something, just take some of them on, on you like get the aggro right i would agree for sure but another point we have is kind of similar to staying outside the wall it's to divide the map based on the people you have so if you have four people you know you might want to do two people on the left side two people on the right side you might want to spread it out you know some in the middle if you have only two people you might want to do you know what mr stainless and i did is one person covers the left one covers the right which i think works well but Divide the map based on the people you have and just know going in, okay, this is kind of my area. And it's not to say like, okay, that's Mars's area. I'm never going in that area. Like if Mars needs help, I'll go help him. But like, you know, just know in the back of your head, this is my area. I have to try and protect this. If I need help, I'll call for it. Yeah, this is just... And one, one more to, about the, this, the spreading and, and covering everything. Uh, you, you 
when you play the uh, game more and more, you will see there are, uh, let's say, designated areas where those zombies come from. And pay attention to those because they are not all the time all the same. It's sometimes more to the left side, sometimes more to the right, sometimes it's both far ends on the map where, where the zombies approach us or, or even juggernauts are coming. So, yeah, always be flexible and check for those the, the coverage. No, I would agree for sure. And we have one tip left. So this last tip we have is to take everything from the drops if possible and leave it on the ground somewhere if you don't need it right away. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, one of these is achievement related. There's actually one achievement that is to take 25 Cleo drops and uh, win the game still. But if you leave something in those Cleo drops, it doesn't count as you taking the drop. So you have to take the full drop to get that achievement. So that's one reason to do that. The other reason is... If you're playing the game later and you, you might run out of ammo you don't want, like, say, for example, Mars is using shotgun ammo. He runs out of shotgun ammo, but he hasn't been taking the 7.62 ammo this whole time. If Mars hasn't been taking the 7.62 ammo the whole time, then he might not have enough ammo to use later. So you want to try and take everything. Even if you don't think you're going to use it, you can just put it away somewhere and then use it later. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, are you going for the last point where... Uh... The, the drop boxes, if you leave anything there, uh, after the wave, the new boxes are coming in, the previous ones are gone. So all the items in the boxes, if you leave them there, they will be gone. But if you take them right, out and, exactly. and drop on the ground, you can pick them at any other break uh, afterwards. So just, yeah. That. Exactly. That, that's basically the main part of this point is if you leave it in inside the Clio drop container, it will despawn. If you take it outside of there, you can put it on the ground. You can put it wherever you want. It won't despawn. So that's the main thing is you want to make sure you take it out. Even if you drop it in the field, that is still better than leaving it in the thing. Because if you take it out, just drop it in the field, at least it'll still be there for later. Yeah, of, of course. Keep in mind that as, as previous suggestions for, for getting them, and if you have three, four people, the two runners, you should be able to bring everything back. Even if the ammo is not that one for your gun. Keep in mind, you need to take care of all the teams. It's a team, team game, after all. Right, definitely. And actually, a small bonus tip that I will give is, say, um, Maris was covering the left side, right? And he died. Well, what happens when you die is you respawn, and there's actually a little container. It's like a mini bag on the ground, and it's basically like where his body died, and it has all of his stuff in there. What I would recommend doing is actually not taking everything out of there. You know, leave something in there, like leave one item in there, you know, leave like a weapon you don't want, and then you can actually use that as an extra container. So what you can do later in the game is you can put stuff in there that way it's outside the wall, you know. Oh, put it in the Mara's body bag, you know. <laughs> I, I, I was I was I'm already a bit skeptical about this point. I don't want my, my curbs to be used as a I don't know, container. <laughs> excuse me, excuse you. <laughs> And actually, yeah, great tip. And if I may, another for the same. Uh, keep in mind that, for example, okay, let's take again the example when I die, not you, but I'm dead. Uh, I respawn. I respawn with a kind of simple axe, simple sword, I think, simple rifle, and everything. I, the first thing I will do is, if the technician is safe, I will run to my corpse and retrieve back my actual weapon my actual melee and all my my all my loot so few um few tips here if you are the player who's not dead 
maybe not loot the corpse because the, the player will just respawn and try to get his things back. So No, I agree. And the one thing I will say is I haven't personally tried this one a lot, so um, I'd be a little bit wary of it just in case. Like, I don't want to, you know, put all my Cleo ammo in that, like, body bag and then despawns. <laughs> So try it out a little bit before you do that, you know, like put like one item in there, see if it despawns after, because I don't know if it despawns ever, but I think if you leave one item in there, it'll never despawn. But I would test this out a little bit before, um, you know, trying it like full, full game. But I think that is something that you can actually do. Yeah. And, and this bonus tip actually goes another way, opposite way as well. Uh, for example, when, when someone dies and you lose everything, one thing that is left in the corpse is um, this backpack, because we all have eight slot backpacks. Exactly. And if you yep. don't loot it, the, the, this package will all the time be on the ground, and it's so annoying, at least for me. <laughs> so for me, like, take everything so the corpse finally is gone. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, it just depends if you want to use it or not. But for me, I think it's a good idea that, like, you know, you have basically, like, the little boxes you have way in the back of the map. You know, like the three containers you start with at the back. Like, basically, I look at this like that. You know, it's basically a container that's out front. So it's better to have that container out front. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's another another box. Exactly. It's basically a box, you know. We'll just use Maris's dead body's box. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can then run towards the uh, other end of the map and die there. And it's another box. Popping exactly. up the boxes. <laughs> Finally, Mars is useful for something, right? Box for everyone. <laughs> I will just change my nick to Mars box. <laughs> yep, yep. That works out well. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Box. I like it. Yeah. I figured you'd like that one. So. <laughs> yes. But, you know, that's all we have for tips. So, you know, I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And, you know, I hope these help you in the multiplayer version of Daybreak. Like I said, I will be doing a solo version of this at some point. So, you know, look out for that. Um, I'm not sure when it'll be exactly, but I will definitely do a solo podcast about solo tips because solo is a much different experience and you have to use much different, you know, tactics than solo. So I will do a different one for that. But hopefully this helps you with multiplayer. And uh, I really thank you for being on again, Maris. You know, I really appreciate that. And it's been a lot of fun to have you on. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for inviting and uh, happy to share. We both were there. So, yes, this is our both multiplayer experience. <laughs> Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> but if people want to find you, how can they find you, Morris? Oh, it's right next to the bad signal in the sky. There's a Mars signal. Oh, you... <laughs> it's called the Mars box. <laughs> yes, look for the corpse on the ground where you can see stuff. That's me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. I'm. I opened up and just created also on Facebook page and, and Twitter account. They're mostly just referring and sharing and. My main spot and channel is YouTube, and everywhere I go by the name um, ML Morris. So that's how you can find me. I hope if you can put the link somewhere also, just mentioning. Yes, in the description, I will have your YouTube link, so people uh, can check out your YouTube, and I definitely recommend them doing that. You do a great job with it, and I love all your videos. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, guys. I Similarly as with uh, your podcasts and, and streams together with you, 
awesome experience, cross experience. So yeah, you're doing quite well yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's nice to work together and, you know, make this community better. Oh, yes. I, I hope we are doing that, guys. Yeah, definitely. They can comment on that podcast, right? Um, There's technically no comments in the way there's YouTube, but, you know, they can. It's a good way to segue into this. Um, They can get a hold of me via my email, you know, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. They can get a hold of me via Twitter at Blaze Experience. That's capital B-L-A-I-S-E. Capital X P E R I E N C E. They can also message me on Xbox if they want to. My gamer tag is the same exact thing as my Twitter, so Blaze Experience. Uh, or if they want to, they can join my Discord, and that will be in the show notes as well. And they can join my Discord and talk to me on Discord and give me feedback that way. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I, I've met you and and I have all the comments and everything in your Discord, so that's definitely check out. And I would suggest you to go out, check out the podcast, and then join the community. There's not only me and, and Blaze, there are other people, uh, other cre- uh, great creators and players as well that can help you out and play together. So, and there, there you can leave all the awesome comments and tell us and tell Blaze how, how much we help and, and de- like, like highlight this game and tips, tricks and everything. So please do so. Absolutely. There's a lot of great community members, you know, in my discord and, we all try to work together and, you know, have a great experience. So definitely, you know, come on by and check it out. And I would definitely, you know, recommend one more time Morris's YouTube. It's a great spot to get a lot of information as well. So definitely check that out, too. But if you are looking for the podcast, you probably already know because you're listening to this. But if you don't and you want to, like, refer a friend a different way, you know, maybe your friend doesn't have a certain way. You can refer them a different way to get to the podcast. We are found on ACAS, iTunes. Google Play, Google Podcasts, Blueberry, Podbean, Radio Public, many other directories. So pretty much any directory you can find, we will be there. And, you know, let us know what you think. Leave us feedback, um, leave us a review, and, you know, thank you very much. And thank you again, Morris, for coming on here. Great to be here. Thank you. And thank you to you listeners. You know, we really appreciate you listening. So thank you for listening to The Blaze Experience. (laughs) 